chapter eight of tom and some other girls by mrs george de hornvesey this librivox recording is in the public domain an encounter sunday afternoon was hopelessly wet but the fact was less regretted than usual as from three to four was the time put aside for riding home so far a postcard to announce safe arrival had been the only word written and each girl was eager to pour forth her feelings at length to tell the latest news and report changes of class the two newcomers had a score of complaints and lamentations to record and rhoda at least entered unhesitatingly into the recital she had never been so miserable in her life the girls were hateful domineering and unfriendly miss bruce had spoken to her three times only the food was good enough in its way but so plain that she simply longed for something nice the lessons were difficult the hours unbearably long it took three whole sheets to complete the list of grievances by which time her hand was so tired that she read it over by way of a rest with the result that she was quite astonished to discover how miserable she had been everything she had said was true and yet somehow the impression given was of a depth of woe which she could not honestly say she had experienced perhaps it was that she had omitted to mention the alleviating circumstances miss everett's sweetness fraulein's praise hours of relaxation in the grounds signs of softening on the part of the girls early hours and regular exercises which sent her to the simple meals with an appetite she had never known at home five days at school and on the whole there had been as much pleasure as suffering then was it quite fair to send home such a misleading account rhoda drew from her pocket the latest of the five loving letters penned by the maternal hand and read it through for the dozenth time sunday was a lonely day for newcomers and the period occupied by the sermon in church had been principally occupied by rhoda in pressing back the tears which showed a presumptuous desire to roll down her cheeks and splash upon her gloves it had been a sweet consolation to read over and over again the words which showed that though she might be one of a crowd at hurst she was still the treasured darling of her home there was nothing original in the letter it simply repeated in different words the contents of its four predecessors sorrow for her absence prayers for her welfare anxiety for the first long letter i can hardly wait until monday morning i am so longing to know how you are faring rhoda read these words and looked slowly down upon her own letter well it would arrive and the butler would place it on the breakfast table and her mother would come hurrying into the room and seize it with a little cry of joy she would read it over and then then she would hand it to her husband and take out her handkerchief and begin to cry mr chester would pooh-pooh her distress but she would cry quietly behind the urn and despite his affectation of indifference he also would look worried and troubled 
while harold would declare that every one must go through the same stage before settling down and that rhoda might be expected to make a fuss she had been so spoiled at home rhoda dug her pen into the blotting paper and frowned uneasily five days experience at school had impressed her with the feebleness of making a fuss if you are hurt bear it if you are teased look pleasant if you are blamed do better next time if you feel blue perk up and don't be a baby such were the spartan rules of the new life and an unaccustomed shame rose up in her mind at the realization of the selfishness and weak betrayal of that first home letter was it not possible to represent the truth from the bright side as well as the dark to dwell on the kindnesses she had received and leave disagreeables untold yes it was possible she would do so and save her dear ones the pain of grieving for her unhappiness so the thick sheets were torn across with a wrench which made thomasina look up from her desk as a head girl tom possessed a study of her own to which she had prepared to depart earlier in the afternoon but had been persuaded to stay by the entreaties of her companions tom don't go don't leave us it's a wet day and so dull do stay with us till tea-time you might you might urged the suppliant voices and so tom sat down to her desk in the house parlour which was the property of the elder blues and indicted letters on blue-lined manly paper with a manly quill-pen as her eyes rested on the torn letter and on the clean sheet of paper drawn up for a fresh start she smiled a quiet understand all about it smile which rhoda chose to consider an impertinent liberty then down went her head again and the scrape scrape of pens continued until four o'clock by which time the girls were thankful to fold the sheets in their envelope and make them ready for a post rhoda read over her second effort in a glow of virtue and found it a model of excellence no complaints this time no weak self-pity but a plain statement of facts without any personal bias her father and mother would believe that she was entirely contented but harold having been through the same experiences would read between the lines and understand the reserve he would say to himself that he had not expected it of rhoda and that she had behaved like a brick and harold's praise was worth receiving altogether it was in a happier frame of mind that rhoda left her desk and took her place in one of the easy chairs with which the room was supplied from four to five was a free hour on sundays and the girls were allowed to spend it as they liked without the presence of a teacher this afternoon talk was the order of the day each girl in turn relating the doings of the holidays and having her adventures capped by the next speaker thomasina however showed a sleepy tendency and kept dozing off for a short nap and then nodding her head so violently that she awoke with a gasp of surprise in one of these intervals she met dorothy's eyes fixed upon her with a wondering scrutiny which seemed to afford her acute satisfaction ah 
she cried sitting up and looking in a trice quite spry and wide awake i know what you are doing you are admiring me and wondering what work of nature i most resemble i can see it in your face and you came to the conclusion that it was a codfish no quibbles please tell me the truth that was just exactly it wasn't it no cried dorothy emphatically but the emphasis expressed rather contrition for a lost opportunity than for a wrongful suspicion no i did not it seemed to say how stupid not to have thought of it you really are extraordinarily like huh, said thomasina then you are the exception that's all all the newcomers say so and therein they err it's not a cod at all it's a pike i am the staring image of a pike she screwed up her little eyes as she spoke and pulled back her chin in a wonderful fish-like grin which awoke a shriek of merriment from the beholders even rhoda laughed with the rest and reflected that if one were born ugly it was a capital plan to accept the fact and make it a joke rather than a reproach thomasina was the plainest girl she had ever seen yet she exercised a wonderful attraction and was infinitely more popular among her companions than irene gray with her big eyes and well-cut features next time you catch a pike just look at it and see if i'm not right continued tom easily but perhaps you don't fish i'm a great angler myself that's the way i spend most of my time during the holidays i don't like fishing it's so wormy said irene with a shudder i like lolling about and feeling that there's nothing to do and no wretched bells jangling every half hour to send you off to a fresh class nerve rest that's what i need in my holidays and i take good care that i get it i don't want rest i want to fly round the whole day and do nice things said a bright-eyed girl in a wonderful plaid dress ornamented with countless buttons lunches and teas and dinners and picnics and dances and plays i like to live in a whirl and stay in bed to breakfast and be waited on hand and foot i don't say i get it but it's what i would have if i could well i'm a nice good little maid who likes to help her mother and be useful when i go back i say to her now don't worry about me any more dear leave all to me and i run the house and make them all cringe before me even the cook is afraid of me she says i have such masterful ways the speaker was a tall fair girl with a very large pair of spectacles perched on the bridge of an aquiline nose she looked masterful enough to frighten a dozen cooks and made a striking contrast to the next speaker a mouse-like pinched little creature with an air of conscious though unwilling virtue i spent the last half of these holidays with the clergyman uncle and helped in the parish i played the harmonium for the choir practice and kept the books for guilds and societies his daughter was ill and there was no one else to take her place so of course i went at once it is quite a tiny little country place gondelson in Lomshire. what cried rhoda and sat erect in her seat sparkling with animation 
condleton i know it quite well i often drive over there with my ponies it is only six miles from our place and such a pretty drive i know the vicarage quite well and the church and the funny little cross in high street she spoke perfectly simply and without thought of ostentation for her parents riches had come when she herself was so young that she had no remembrance of the little house in the manufacturing town but looked as a matter of course upon the luxuries with which she was surrounded it never occurred to her mind that any of her remarks could be looked upon as boasting but there was a universal glancing and smiling round the room and thomasina inquired gravely do you drive the same pair every day of ponies oh yes generally replied rhoda innocently they are frisky little things and need exercise of course if we go a very long way i give them a rest next day and drive the cobs but as a rule they go out regularly thomasina shook her head in solemnest disapproval that's a mistake you should change every day the merciful man is merciful to his beast i can't endure to see people thoughtless in these manners my stud groom has special orders never to send out the postilions on the same mounts oftener than twice a week there was a moment's pause and then a shriek of laughter girls threw themselves back in their seats and held their sides with their hands girls stamped on the floor and rolled about as though they could not contain their delight girls mopped their eyes and gasped oh dear oh dear and grew red up to the roots of their hair and rhoda's face shone out pale and fixed in a white fury of anger you are a very rude ill-bred girl thomasina bolderston i made an innocent remark and you twisted about so as to insult me before all the house you will ask my pardon at once if you have any right feeling i'm the head girl my dear the head girl doesn't ask pardon of a silly newcomer who can't take a joke i fail to see where the joke comes in if you are a head girl a dozen times over it doesn't alter the fact that you don't know how to behave you have bullied me and made me miserable ever since i came to this school and i won't stand it any longer and so i give you notice much obliged but it's no use the rules of this school are that the pupils must obey the head girl in her own department and there can be no exception in your favour unpleasant as you find my yoke well, when i am a head girl i shall try to be worthy of the position i'll be kind to new girls and set them a good example i'll not jeer at them and make them so wretched that they wish they had never been born thomasina leaned her head on her hand and gazed fixedly into the angry face she made no reply but there was no lack of speakers to vindicate her honour sneering voices rose on every side in a clamour of indignant protest when she is head girl indeed it will be a good time before that happens i should say not in our day let us hope we are not worthy to be under such a mistress oh my goodness what a pattern she will be what a shining example you can see her wings even now beginning to sprout 
nonsense child it's not wings it's only round shoulders these growing girls will stoop you had better be careful or you will be set in order next rhoda looked across the room with smarting tear-filled eyes don't alarm yourselves i wouldn't condescend to bandy words you are like our leader not worthy of notice look here rhoda chester say what you like about us but leave thomasina alone we will not have our head girl insulted if we know it if you say another word we will turn you out into the passage thank you beatrice no need to get excited i can fight my own battles without your help this little difference is between rhoda and me and we must settle it together i think we could talk matters over more comfortably in my study without interrupting your rest hour may i trouble you miss chester three doors along the passage i won't take you far out of your way thomasina rose from her seat and waved her hand towards the door she was all smiles and blandness but a gasp of dismay sounded through the room as if a private interview in the head girl's study was no light thing to contemplate rhoda's heart beat fast with apprehension what was going to happen what would take place next it was like the invitation of the spider to the fly full of subtle terror nevertheless her pride would not allow her to object and throwing back her head she marched promptly and without hesitation along the corridor end of chapter eight